This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Brent Buzzell, Media Research, there is back with us. Hey, Brent. I apologize. My fault entirely. I've taken no. my Apple phone, I've smashed it into a million pieces, and I'm calling you on a real phone. Well, you know what? I need to smash mine, too, then. <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, hey, Brent, Facebook, they've, they've like, they're, they're firing 11,000 people. They've lost two-thirds of their value. What in the heck is going on? Well, you know, um, they, they, some people will say, well, because it's a generational thing and young people don't use Facebook. But, you know, they were saying that for five or ten years and people were still using Facebook. I think what's happening is, is that the market is finally correcting itself. These, these companies, these, these, uh, um, these big tech companies, I think, were vastly overvalued, um, and they and, and they and they and they they're now coming. You know, they're, they're falling back to earth. Twitter, Amazon, all of them um, are are losing value in a very dramatic way. And you're seeing what the real financial value of it was. The other problem that they had was, was that they were over well overstocked with staff. You know, look look at Musk coming in and and suggesting that seventy five percent of the staff uh, could could be cut because. They weren't necessary. Uh, he ended up cutting, what, 50% of them. Uh, so there's a real realignment going on here. Um, the other factor I think that's taking place is people are leaving Facebook because Facebook has become so oppressive. Um, in, the, in, in, the, in, the, in the name of freedom, they're taking away freedom uh, on a regular basis. And conservatives have been, uh, have been treated so poorly that I think conservatives are looking for other places to go. Well, you know, that – now, I'm so happy you said that. You know, you were one of the first people, Brent, and, and many people don't know this necessarily. If you look at conservative media today, the lineup of conservative media is pretty powerful. You know, yes, Rush reached over 600 radio stations, had over 600. He was reaching most of the country, 27 million people a month were just tuning into his show alone. When you look at talk radio, which Rush was largely responsible for the growth of talk radio, the the reach is incredible. When you look at print, you were one of the first. You started um, CNS, Conservative News Service. You were one mm-hmm. of the first to recognize that conservatives weren't getting, so you went to print. And now there are a plethora of conservative print uh, uh, publications. Right. And right. of all stripes... So I tend to think that we kind of don't acknowledge how powerful conservative media is in this country. We still kind of defer sometimes to the mainstream press and think that they rule. The mainstream press does not rule anymore. We have a conservative media in this country, and you are one of the reasons we have it that is powerful and that is, that is reaching half of the country. Yeah. Um, if, if, look, I, I ask this question. Um, imagine where the world would be, where this country would be. I'm going to ask you a twofold question. Imagine where this country would be today 
if the liberal news media didn't exist, which is to say, if they if the if the news was reported objectively, if just think in terms of this administration being reported on objectively by the media, if it was an objective press, the left wouldn't exist in America because leftism is an experiment that has been tried and it has failed everywhere it's been tried. And if you just simply reported the facts, it would fail yet again. Now, that's the first part. Now, let's reverse the proposition. Where would the world be if there wasn't, if there was not a conservative media today? Okay. I used to say this about Rush. Where would America be without Rush, without what Rush had done? This country would become a socialist nation because all you would have as purportedly objective truth is far leftism being projected to the American people. That's where we were in 1987. So the the answer is yes, we do have an alternative today. I just you know interesting you say this because a half hour ago I was having a meeting with somebody and the suggestion was that you the the, the White House correspondence dinner every year is a cabal of of inside elitists in Washington D.C. We ought to have the conservative media ought to have its dinner and call it an American correspondence dinner where we bring. Our our side together for a night of celebration. We're pretty darn big if we set our sights on it. I love that idea, and I'm all in. Uh, Princess Di has delivered a message, and I'm glad I have you here because I'd like you to comment on this. Uh, Princess Di, who was with me earlier, uh, Diana Aloko, who, of course, ran the Limbaugh letter, said she meant right. to say when she was on with us earlier that today is the 33rd anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall. Ronald Reagan was the only one who recognized the moral bankruptcy of communism and demanded Mr. Gorbachev tear down this wall. That was in 87. It mm-hmm. fell on November 9th, 1989. That's what happened, she said, when you stand up to evil with truth and courage. Yeah, uh, so... so- why haven't the Republicans won a monumental landslide in these elections? Because the Republican leadership deliberately and very vocally declared it was not going to do what you just said. Mitch McConnell publicly declared that the Republican Party did not have an agenda, that they were simply going to tell the American people that the Biden administration was an utter failure and they were going to ride that to victory. The the House came out with this magnanimous commitment to America, which was just a bunch of hooey. It was the same campaign speeches promising the same things they never delivered. There was no firm commitment to do anything specific. And what happened at the end of the day? It didn't mobilize the base. What happened on the other side? Very effectively, we don't want to admit it, but Biden and Clinton and Obama went out there and they talked about how the end of the world was coming. Trump this, MAGA Trump that, MAGA Trump the other. And what that did was to ignite the Democratic base to come out and vote. So the Republicans never gave their gave their vision to the world. All we did was talk about how awful inflation is. Well, guess what? The Biden administration doesn't like inflation either. The Republicans never put forward a program, never said, we are going to do this. We're going to cut the out-of-control spending, and this is how we're going to do it. They never did it. And you know why, Bo? 
because they don't. This, we don't want to admit this. We don't want to acknowledge this. This is a terrible thing to say with your massive audience. But guess what? The Republicans had no agenda, none whatsoever, to cut the spending that's out of control that the Biden administration is responsible for. And I hope that people in our party are hearing this loud and clear because you do, you know, and that's one of the things Rush used to say. It's not enough to say what you're against. You have to tell people what you are for, what do you stand for. And you know who did a good job telling people what he was for? Ron DeSantis. Yeah, well, yeah, but there you go. There you go. Ron DeSantis has been very clear-cut on what he believes in, and look how he did in the polls. Look at that Mehmet Oz guy in Pennsylvania who was one big bundle of nothingness, and he was defeated by a stroked-out communist. <laughs> I mean, that's just the reality of the world. But I told you before I screwed up my phone, I told you I was going to show you. Do we have time so I can, yeah. I can tell you where they've got an inside straight here, where it could still mm-hmm. happen? Here are the two very bad things that, that could have materialized with a Republican victory today. One is a red wave. A red wave is not a good thing, Bo, and I'll tell you why. If you go beyond your base with victories, you're bringing in moderates and liberals. The, the absolute worst thing to have in Washington is a liberal Republican. A liberal Democrat can't hurt you. Um, uh, AOC can't hurt us. She is who she is. She's going to vote as she votes in the minority. But a liberal Republican can undermine your agenda, and they do it all the time. So the last thing you wanted was to be electing liberal Republicans. The other bad thing about a big victory is that Mitch McConnell would declare with 100% certitude that he was going to be the next majority leader, and Kevin McCarthy would declare with 100% certitude that he would be the next speaker. These two guys don't believe in the values of Rush Limbaugh. They do not. They will speak on the campaign trail. They'll say, whatever they need to say to get themselves elected, but they will not enact it. So what's the inside straight? The inside straight is that Republicans don't get a red wave. They get a majority to take – they get enough to take the majority, but that it's populated by conservatives without liberals. The other inside straight is that the Republican Party get come to its senses – realize, I don't know what they're going to do in the Senate, but they'll, 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 they'll barely take the House. They should have won a landslide. Maybe they'll come to their senses, and maybe they will elect new leaders. That would be the inside straight. That is an incredible analysis, Brent. Always a pleasure to have you, my friend. I hope you join us again. We need your insight. Thank you, Brent Bozell, the founder of the Media Research Center, folks. And I got to tell you, Rush used to attend his gala every year in Washington, D.C. One of the few times Rush would say he goes to that city, to the swamp at all. Um, And I I went this year, and Rush was honored there. It was a terrific night. It was just an amazing night. And for him, for Rush to be remembered the way that he was there was just heartwarming. And so thank you, Brent, for that. 